We're at the halfway point of the NFL season, and we're here to cover it all right here on the Pylon. Welcome back, everybody, the Week 8 edition of the Pylon. Of course, I'm your host, Michael Markoch, back once again with Jay DeCoster, my co-host. And how are we doing? Doing well, Michael. We got another NFL slate. I can't believe we're almost halfway through the season. I mean, like I felt like the season started yesterday. It's just... I guess time flies when you're having fun. I mean, it's the nature of football, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, depends on however you do math and want to make your averages. Week 8, this is considered technically, I guess, the halfway yeah. point. Maybe week 9, week 8 and yeah. 9 kind of shares it. Uh, but you're right, Jay. It really has flown by. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of fun so far covering the season. But this is where it starts to get fun. We're going to get into it here in a little bit. We're approaching the trade deadline. We've already seen a few trades go down. We're certainly going to get to those. One happened literally the same night that we recorded last week's podcast. Um, we'll definitely get to that, but let's start as we always do. We're recording on Friday, October 28th, so last night was Thursday night football for Week 8. The Baltimore Ravens against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ravens, after a slow start, Scores 24 in the second half. They beat the Buccaneers 27-22. to 22. And I guess my question is, there's just a lot going on with Tampa right now. What are they, 3-5 and five now? Yeah, I mean... I mean, just where where does your head have to be at with Tampa? I think it's... I think definitely, like, the coaching change has something to do with it. I mean, do you think they miss Bruce Arians a little bit? Because, I don't know. I mean, Todd Bowles, look, I mean, I'm sure he's... He was a really... He's a good defensive corner, but... You know, he wasn't very good with the Jets. I mean, so far it's not looking good, but it's it's not really all his fault. Shaq Barrett's out for the year now, and Tom Brady, he's going through that. He's got a lot of family issues, and he's not really pl- played that good of a fo- good of football. So they got a lot of issues going for them right now. So I think it's just a combination of both. I mean, you know, I mean Tom Brady. I mean, he's not really had his best year, and he's he's forty three. Is he forty three years old? I mean, he's getting to that father time mm-hmm. situation where, yeah, I mean. He always Might be time to hang it up for him. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. He definitely doesn't look like himself, and obviously, everyone knows what's kind of going on off the field with Tom Brady, and I'm sure that's playing a part too. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I, I wouldn't say I think that Bruce Arians is missed per se, because you know, overall, you still have the same two people calling each side of the ball. Like mm-hmm. Todd Bowles is still working with that defense, and you know, Byron Leftwich is still the offensive coordinator. It's the same offense that it was last year. I know that Bruce Arians kind of had kind of had a little bit of a say when it came to offense, but I don't know. It just it it feels so off. Nothing looks clean, nothing looks normal. And the play calling is simply just predictable. You know exactly yeah. what the Buccaneers are doing on first down almost every time they're going to hand the ball off to one of their running backs. And then they're just going to throw little screen passes out wide and hope that one hits and then Every once in a while, Brady will throw a deep shot to Mike Evans, and it's a 50-50 whether or not he's going to catch it. And it's just, it's a mess. And I don't I don't know how you could have any confidence in Tampa Bay at this point to somehow win that division. That's easily right now the worst division in football. And it, it just continues to get worse. Yeah, and not only is their play calling predictable, but they can't run the football. Like, if you can't yeah. run the football, you're not going to be successful in the NFL unless you have prime Tom Brady. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just I mean they're not they're not they're not running the football well. Their offensive line is a complete mess. I mean they're not they're not healthy, and yeah, it's just it's not going to help when you're averaging like two yards a carry, and that's what they've been averaging. I think over the last like a month or so. So yeah, I mean it's it's tough for them. I mean, but yeah, I mean that NFC South. Oh boy, I mean we got the Falcons at first place now. The Falcons and Panthers going to win that. They're division? playing I mean, for first place this week. Oh, if the Panthers goodness. beat the Falcons, they're in first. 
How? Like, how did we get here? I don't know, but, I mean, I think you touched on it too, but they can't run the ball, but I don't know what's more annoying. A team that can run the ball very well and then doesn't do it, or the team who can't run the ball who thinks that that's their identity. Yeah. It's it's absolutely mind-numbing, and they're going to have to figure it out and fast. I mean, that division is winnable. Like, fortunately, they play in a division where, you know, they could be 3-5, and five, and they're probably going to be able to win the division at 9-8, and eight. Maybe. Yeah. So, you know, they they have time, but I just don't know how much confidence you can have in that I think eight and nine can win that exactly. division. I mean, the Falcons, I mean, they're first. You said the Panthers and uh, Falcons are playing for first place on Sunday. I mean, could you imagine the Panthers, they, they clean house, and now, I mean, they're starting P.J. Walker, a quarterback, and they're, they're, they're two playing and five. for first place right now. I mean, yeah. Who would have thought that? So yeah, New Orleans is going to be getting James back at some point, mm-hmm. and their defense is still very good. So you can't count New Orleans out as well. I mean, they're sitting back and they're saying we got to be feeling pretty good about our chances at this point as well. And so that's kind of a little bit from last night. Obviously, on the other hand, you know the Ravens battled some injuries last night. Lost Mark Andrews really early in the game. Uh, Rashad Bateman was out by halftime. His you know he reaggravated that foot injury. Uh, hurt my fantasy team, but yeah. um, like overall, like they're just I don't know they're kind of going through the motions at this point. But the AFC North, another weak division, and you know they're they're trying to keep pace. They have the win against they have two wins already in the division banked, and you know Lamar's struggled the last few weeks, but you, you just have to feel like Baltimore's going to do okay. Yeah, I mean, look, I've had high hopes for them. I mean, they can't they they weren't able to close close games earlier in the year. I mean, they they should be like. I mean, honestly, they could be seven to one right now. They should be like seven to one, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, their inability to close games was kind of hurting them. But yeah, I mean, they were able to get the win last night after being down in the first quarter, so that was good for them. And yeah, I mean, I, I still think they and I still think they're the favorites to win that division. So yeah, I mean, Lamar's playing good football right now, and their defense is actually playing much better early on. They've been really struggling. I think they're starting to kind of figure it out a little bit. So. They should absolutely be the favorites in the North. We're going to talk a little bit about that later as to why, but let's get into the news of the weekend that happened literally hours after we finished recording last week. But a a blockbuster in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey, the the Pro Bowl running back, got traded from the Panthers, who are clearly cleaning house and restarting, to the San Francisco 49ers. An interesting fit out there. In San Francisco with a team that we know likes to run the ball, and now they get arguably the best back in the league. Yeah, like you said, you know they're going to commit to running the football, and why not go get one of the best running backs in the league when he's healthy in Christian McCaffrey? And you know, they gave up a lot to get him. He gave up a second, a third, and a fourth. And, and a fifth. Fifth, yeah. fifth swap. I mean, they're, yeah. going, they're going all in. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, they, have no, they basically have no draft picks in this coming draft, so... I mean that John Lynch is saying we're gonna go all in. We're gonna use Christian McCaffrey the best we can, and yeah, I mean you have Jimmy G and you have Debo Samuel, and you add, go add another weapon. And that offensive line, not a great offensive line, but Christian McCaffrey is able to do what he can do. So yeah, I mean, I didn't love the, I didn't love what they gave up, but I mean to get a guy like that, I mean, I guess it's worth it. But we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. They did give up a lot, and especially yeah, for considering back. his injury history too. Yeah. I just it felt like a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, picks are picks, and you're seeing more and more teams willing to sacrifice those picks to win. You know, this is a Niners team who 
They gave up three first round three first round picks, excuse me, to go up and get Trey Lance two years ago. Now, as you said, they gave up basically all their picks in this year's draft to get Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, Trey Lance isn't even their quarterback right now. He's hurt, you know. But honestly, I think this couldn't be a more perfect fit. I mean, you look at how McCaffrey's gonna fit in with this offense, with what they like to do, with how Jimmy Garoppolo likes to play. Not only does he like to hit George Kittle short and underneath, you know, Garoppolo's not gonna throw it deep all the time, but now it becomes a pick-your-poison type scenario of do you cover Kittle and Debo and let McCaffrey loose out of the backfield? Do you maybe put more attention onto Debo and McCaffrey and let Kittle kind of go loose? It It's kind of one of those things where they have, they're, they've got mismatches all over the field that can run short routes, intermediate routes, and you got, you know, obviously Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk who can both run the deep routes. Uh, you just got to kind of hope that Garoppolo, I guess, can get him the ball, uh, which he's right. shown right now no issues of doing, but... I don't really think there could be a more perfect fit. Plus, he's going home, went to Stanford, right. as we all know. I, I just, I think it's a perfect fit. From the other teams that I was hearing that possibly could have traded for him, I don't think there's anyone that fit him better. Yeah, I mean, the NFC West is wide open right now, so why not make that move? I mean, you you're, you lose Elijah Mitchell for most of the season, and Jeff Wilson, he's fumbling the, fo- the, the football all over the place. So you need to get a guy like that, and, you know, I think it can really improve their offense. Didn't really... Didn't really improve. I mean, I know it's only its first—it's his first game with the Niners, but didn't really, really look that great against the the Chiefs. I mean, but it's the Chiefs, so yeah, yeah. And we'll see if he can stay healthy. Obviously, as you said, the NFC West wide open right now. Seattle leading that division again. Who had that halfway through this season? Um, but they have a big matchup this week. They're on the road at the Rams, second time they're playing them this year. Uh, so. We'll talk more about that game later, but it's time to get to some more trades, and these trades just happened over the last couple days, starting with your Chicago Bears, Jay. They traded Robert Quinn to the Eagles, Mm -hmm. who were in need of a pass rusher, gave away a late-round pick to get him. Yeah, I mean, Robert Quinn, he broke the sack record for the Bears last year, which was impressive, but only has eight tackles this year and a sack. I mean, kind of disappointing at the halfway point of the season. And he's 31. He's getting up there in age. I mean, the Bears have to eat most of the money, which kind of sucks. But I mean, they were out to unload him for a fourth round pick. I don't. I I like the trade just because you know why. I mean, their Bears aren't keeping him next year. I mean, because they're they're still in the, they're in a rebuild. So like, why would you keep him? Have have a team like the Eagles go all in and, and go get a guy like that I mean, who can definitely get to the get to the quarterback. You know when he's on. So yeah, I mean, I like the trade. I, don't, I really don't mind it. So. I think Robert Quinn will be pretty good for an Eagles team that's looking to make a Super Bowl run. So yeah, I mean, you said it. They they you know still undefeated to this point. Have an interesting matchup this week against the Steelers. Always a tricky team to kind of navigate. But I think you're right. Super Bowl ap- aspirations for the Eagles, and they need pass rushing help. I mean, they can't. They almost. This is a team that almost let Fletcher Cox go in the offseason. They ended up retaining him. Draft Jordan Davis. So their D tackle situation is fine, but like off the edge. It's not what it used to be. They do have Hassan Reddick, I believe. They right? do, yeah. So, you know, pairing him now with Robert Quinn kind of allows, it makes the offensive line make a choice. You have to pick which one you're going to double, and then you possibly would leave one into a, you know, in a single man situation. So, you know, definitely going to help the Eagles, I think, for sure. And like you said, I mean, with the Bears, they were probably never going to retain him anyway. And, you know, they can get younger now at those positions. It gives them something to address when it comes to the draft, especially with how the offense looked a week ago. We're going to talk a little bit more about that as we move forward. But, you know, it gives the Bears just some kind of closure and helps them, I think, just 
narrow down their needs necessarily yeah. for what they may need and where they need their youth to be. Uh, and now we're going to flip over to the NFC or AFC, excuse me. Big trade here as well. This one could be fun. And I also think it could be a disaster, but Kadarius Tony got traded from the Giants to the Chiefs to give Patrick Mahomes yet another weapon who's very Tyreek Hill esque, dare I say? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's quite a compliment. But yeah, I mean, Kadarius Tony was one of Dave Gettleman's picks. I think Joe Shane was just saying we're just going to ship out all these guys toward Dave Gettleman guys. I mean, Kenny Galladay is about to be out the door here. I mean, a lot of these guys just from the Dave Gettleman era. It's, I mean, Kadarius Tony, a guy out of Florida who's got a lot of speed, like you said. And he, I think he could be a weapon for the Chiefs. I mean, you still got guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and, and uh, Travis Kelsey. I mean, and Marcus Valdez-Scantling. But, yeah, I mean, I think Kadarius Tony can add some more speed to that offense that they won't necessarily need, but they don't have that speed now that Tyreek Hill's not there. But they, they don't really miss him because their offense is still rolling. So, But I think, yeah, I think Tony can add some more juice to that offense. Yeah, I think you're right, so. Yeah, they've been trying to replace Tyreek Hill all year. I mean, they've had they have a bunch of weapons who are all producing right now. Yeah. And you saw them all on display last week against San Francisco. It seemed like everybody made a play. Michael Hardman had three touchdowns, which yeah. hasn't happened in a long time. He was kind of in that Tyreek Hill role now of very fast and he could do that, but you know, no one's Tyreek Hill. And I guess mm-hmm. I should have said it like I think Tony would have Tyreek Hill type potential, but we all know with Kadarius Tony it's not just on the field, it's off the field as well. He's got his issues. It just seemed like the Giants were just ready to move off of him and just, you know, kind of get him out of the organization in a way. And, you know, they find him a nice landing spot. Kansas City seems to be a nice place for, you know, a reclamation of a career. You can send him there. He's going to have Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, can, we all know he's arguably still the best quarterback in the league. He's going to be able to, Tony's going to be able to run whatever route you need him to. He could run a little, you know, flare screen. He could run the, the, the short crossers, medium routes, deep routes, whatever they need him to do. And, you know, the Giants, on the other hand, like, they don't, they they know what their identity is. It's running mm-hmm. the football. Yeah. Like, that's what they do. And they weren't really using many of their receivers anyway. And so they kind of have a surplus. And so why not get rid of one that's young, has still a lot of potentials, a little bit more desirable, and give them to Kansas City to, you know, potentially gear up for another Super Bowl run because they're on – they're on an incredible pace. They looked amazing last week. They're off this week, bye week for Kansas City, so they'll even have an extra week to get Tony all caught up to speed. And you know, we'll see how that goes. Like I said, I think it, it's going to go one of two ways. I think it could be very fun, and I also think it could be a disaster. So we'll see how that goes. But speaking of disasters, we have to do it because you know we are right here on the campus of Michigan State University. The the local team, the Detroit Lions, just continue to struggle um, after. I mean. The score was 24 to 6 last week they lose to Dallas but that was a winnable game in the second yeah. half. They were right there and they weren't able to close the door. Some turnovers really killed them. The defense, you know, fell apart at the worst possible moment, but just overall yeah. just it's a struggle. It is a struggle. I mean, you're, you're seeing Jared Goff, I mean, he's he's still I think he's still played pretty well this season over the last few weeks. He's been he's been struggling and just that whole offense in general. And they're and they're. I mean, they got they got St. Brown back, but he got hurt in midway through mm-hmm. that game, and he was he he caught like one pass, and you know Swift came back, but he's been injured most of this year, and I think they've been missing him them a little bit. And then the defense, you know, the defense been playing a little better, but you know, Aiden Hutchinson got two sacks, but 
you know, you're seeing just this, this Lions rebuild is going to take longer than we thought. You know, I thought the Lions could win like seven, maybe eight games this year. I don't know about that right now. Just I, I think it's a little slower than we thought. So, I mean, we'll have to see. But the Lions are looking at that top draft pick, I think, once again. So, I mean, yeah, at this point, why wouldn't you go for yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're one win so far this season and um, haven't really been close to many others. Like I said, it was a winnable game on Sunday. They They had it. The fumble on the goal line was just, that That can't happen. You can't have yeah. running backs fumbling on the one-yard line. And then on the next drive, they're driving again down the field, and Jared Goff throws an interception. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a backbreaker. Yeah. You just, you can't do that. And you can't ask your defense, who has been struggling all season long, we all know this, to keep going out there and keep giving Dallas opportunities. And that's basically what happened. They just got worn out. And eventually Dallas was able to take advantage, get a few touchdowns there late to really make it look more lopsided than I think it was. Um, obviously, I didn't watch the game, but I did see you know, some of the, the recaps from it, and I saw some of the highlights, and it just they were right there the entire time. And it's just kind of the name of the game. They haven't been able to finish, and I think that it kind of comes down to coaching a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we, I talked early on in this, this season of this show of, you know, on Hard Knocks, I think everyone kind of fell in love with Dan Campbell and this persona of what he does and how he coaches. But like I said, if and I said this, if you can't win, though, which is the goal, it's your job in the NFL to win. If you can't do that, it's going to get old very, very quickly. Yeah. You yeah. can't just be that motivational leader if you're not motivating to win. As Bill Parcells likes to say, you are what your record says you mm-hmm. are. And Dan Campbell, how many games? He's won four games in won his four tenure, games in one in tenure time. so mm-hmm. far. Yeah, I mean, eventually you got to start winning ball games. I mean, you got the Dolphins on Sunday. It's at home. I mean, it's winnable. And you got and then you host the Packers. I mean, you figured that's a winnable game because the Packers aren't very good this year. And then you go to the Bears. Like these are these are winnable games. And if the Lions can't get either one of these victories, then I mean, we're gonna have to start talking about job security at this point. I mean, I don't know what many Lions fans think if if Dan Campbell should get another year. I mean, I, I it saw, seems to be pretty split. I saw Sheila Ford spoke this week, and she said, "Like we trust in our leadership. Everything's we're going to fix this." You know, obviously, a lot of Alliance fans do not like that ownership. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're going to see. But I mean, if you're not, if you don't start winning ball games, then yeah, I mean, who knows if Dan Campbell's going to be here next year? But you know, that's a long way down the road. So, yeah, I mean, we all know what you know. <clears throat> winning is your job, and we've all seen coaches that underperform that. They get those third years, and it makes no sense, and then they end up getting fired halfway through the next season, and it was all of a sudden, it's like, hey, well, what was all this about? Because if you're the Lions, and I mean, let's say you do kind of go for the draft pick, right? You're going to get your quarterback. You're talking this year. I mean, you're going to have an opportunity to get one of those top two guys, whichever one that you prefer. I think it's I think it's close enough where you could say, you know, you could take either one. But are you ready to have a team that has that young rookie quarterback? And do you feel like you have enough around them? Do you feel like you have the coaching staff to be around them? Like, that's mm-hmm. a big commitment when you make that pick. And I just don't know if they're there yet. But, you know, we'll see as the season progresses. Obviously, still a long way to go. But it, it's just, if it, every year it feels different, and it's not. Yeah. And that's just kind of where they're at. Let's stay in the NFC North, kind of go to the other side. I want to get back to the Monday night game, especially because Jay here is a Bears fan. And uh, I just want to talk about that offense on Monday night because I was watching it. And look, I've grown up, obviously, you know, my background's kind of Ohio. And uh, I grew up a Buckeye fan my whole life, even before I came here to Michigan State. 
and I watch Justin Fields play all the time. And I can say I watched play every single game of his Ohio State career. And I can tell you that was the first time I have seen. I looked at that and I was like, I've seen that Justin Fields before. Yeah, I think I mean the, it's kind of funny. The two Monday night games he's played in his NFL career have both been like his best games. Like the Steelers game last year was one of his best games. And the Patriots game was one of his best games. I think offense coordinator Luke Getzey did a phenomenal job able to scheme around him. Get him out of the pocket and make him run the ball and utilize his legs, which he's very good at. And yeah, I mean, he one of those interceptions. I mean, it got tipped. I mean, mm-hmm. you could say that was his fault. But the only the other thing that I did not like about his performance, the only thing I did not like about his performance was the few fumbles he had that like he didn't even get sacked. He just it just fell out of his hand. Like that cannot you yeah. can't that cannot happen. But Fields looked pretty good. He looked solid. Um, but credit to the Bears coaching staff. I mean, no one picked the Bears to win this game. So, I mean, Matt Eberflus outcoached Bill Belichick. I mean, who would have thought that coming into that game? So, yeah, I mean, that, that was that was a good win. But, I mean, it's it's not going to change the season or anything. I mean, New England's not – I think New England's just not a very good football team. Mm-hmm. I think we all kind of found that out. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, the Bears coaches did a good job and the defense played well. And yeah, credit to credit to the Bears – credit to, like, Jaquan Brisker and the – the Bears defense because you, know, you got Bailey Zappi coming in and, and the whole crowd is cheering his name and then he didn't really do anything in the second half so that mm-hmm. I I kind of found that funny so yeah it was good. it was a good one so yeah and like I said I just I I watched satisfying. it yeah and I I said that's Justin Fields that I remember yeah. that's what I know for rolling him out yeah letting him get on using his legs to his advantage instead of trying to turn him into this pocket passer that they've been trying to do for a year and a half. And design quarterback runs, let him get comfortable in that way. They just dominated him on the ground over 200 yards rushing for the Bears against the Patriots' defense coached by Belichick, and that was just—I mean, it was impressive. Up and down, it's just—it was a—it was a thorough beatdown for the Bears, and it was impressive. And as you said, we'll see if maybe they can continue that. Like I said, I think as the saying goes, two is a coincidence, three times is a pattern. Let's see if they can even get to a coincidence standard here with Justin Fields, where maybe back-to-back weeks they can show some life on offense and not go back to what it was because I'll tell you what, like Chicago, that that was it. That was what you need to do. Yeah. That is the best way to utilize Justin Fields and kind of breath of sure a, if it breath of fresh air for a day or two because I don't get that I don't get that often. So Yeah, I know for sure. It you know, there's no better feeling than Victory Monday at all. Yeah. Or in your case, I guess Victory Tuesday. So no better yeah. feeling. But let's go to the other side because I do feel like this should be addressed. The the Patriots quarterback situation i mean do we want to call it that um Um, mac jones calls it comes in for three series and then they claim that this wasn't the reason they claim that it was going to be a two quarterback game but coincidentally right after mac jones throws an interception which was a terrific play by brisker he gets pulled for bailey zappy then comes in and goes on two straight scoring drives and then zappy looks horrible the rest of the night and now they're going back to mac jones i'm telling you michael when Zappy came in and had those two straight guys like, oh boy, this is going to get bad. I was watching with my dad's like, this is going to get bad. And then the, the Bears kind of proved me wrong in the second half. Like, wow, we actually shut them down. We didn't let adversity hit us in the you-know-what. So, I mean, that that was that was good to see. But as far as, you know, Bill Belichick, that was probably one of the worst coach games I can remember from him because like you just, you can't, this isn't high school, you can't do a two-quarterback System like you I have just, two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Exactly, like, and and Mac Jones is probably going to play this. He's going to start this Sunday for them, and you know Bailey Zappi's 
you know, all the Patriots fans want him. He wrote right with the hot hand. I mean, he's two and zero. He's got a passer rating of like one twenty as a starter before that game. So, yeah, look, I mean, I, I I'd probably stick with Mac Jones right now if I were, if I was Belichick. But you know, he's you know, obviously he's way smarter than I. am. I'm just a guy in the headset talking. But yeah, I think Mac Jones. I don't know if I, I don't know if he's earned it again. Like, mm-hmm. who do, who do you think they should roll with? Like, I I don't know. It's it's tough. I mean, here's the thing: Zappy had two really good games, yeah. or three, because he played that Lions game as well. I forgot he played three really good games in mm-hmm. a row, and then kind of had a letdown last week. And I I think a lot of credit's got to go to the Bears' defense. They they were disguising everything. It was impossible for him to make a read. He threw those two picks late that were that those were bad. But yeah. I I would personally stick with Zappy. Um, I I just think it's one of those moves that you 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 can't make and then go back. Yeah, like, it's... you made that decision to put him into that game, and I think you need to stick with it. I think Zappy has some traits also that I don't think Mac Jones has. Um, and I know I've been out on a limb saying I think Bailey Zappy's the better quarterback. I'll kind of come back on that. I don't necessarily think he might be better, but I'll say there are things that I think he can do that Mac Jones can't. And I think at this point, yeah, he played a very poor second half, but I'd stick with him, honestly. I, I just don't yeah. think it, it's not a good look to put Mac Jones back out there because, like, where's his head got to be out of? Yeah. He just got benched, and yeah. now he's back. He, he loses confidence, and you also lose confidence in your locker room. Like, mm-hmm. your locker room's saying, which guy are we going with here? Apparently the Patriots offensive line didn't know that Bailey Zappi was going to come in. Like they didn't even like, why is this guy coming in? Well, apparently like, Belichick knew yeah. it was going to be a two quarterback yeah. game, and he didn't tell his own players yeah. that it was going to be that way. And it's just it it's a mess. And like I said, I would probably stick with Zappi just because I don't feel like I just don't feel like you can go to Mac Jones again at this point. Like I'm I mean I'm talking like ever, and I just don't I don't know. But we'll see how it goes this week. Uh, they have a tough game on the road against the Jets, which is not something we've said in a while, especially considering the Patriots. But they're going to have to have some answers. Mac Jones is going to have to play a lot better to lock down that spot. So now let's go full circle. We're coming all the way back. I said we'd touch on it. The, the AFC North has been underwhelming this season, I guess, to say yeah. the least. And it, The Ravens definitely, or everybody just caught a break because Jamar Chase yesterday went down. It was an absolute, I mean, it came out of nowhere. It was breaking news. No one had ever even heard about it. Uh, Jamar Chase is out four to six weeks with a hip injury that he that he suffered I think he suffered the it during the game, yeah. And he played through it, and he was all right, but then now they're looking at it, and they're saying he's going to need some time and yeah. some treatment. Uh, so he's out Monday night against the Browns, and then he's going to be out probably about a month after that, too. It, it's a big loss, it and it, it could really set the Ravens up here. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's Burrow's guy. I mean, Burrow threw for, I think Chase had like 130 yards in that game, and Burrow had, he almost had 500 yards. Mm-hmm. But I still think Burrow, I mean, Burrow's a very good quarterback. I still think he could succeed without his guy Chase. But Chase, one of the one of the premier receivers in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough loss for a Ravens team. That's, I mean, they're four and three right now. You got to go to Cleveland Monday night. That'll be kind of that'll be pretty tough. You know, they're they're trying to get that. I mean, it's still it's still kind of early, but trying to get that wild card slash division title. Mm-hmm. So yeah, missing him for a month is gonna it's gonna kind of hurt. So yeah, yeah, I mean for sure. So I it, it's tough because that's I mean that's a big loss. I I don't think people realize how much of that offense goes through him. Yeah. 
and he's the first rate on almost every play. And that it's going to change things for sure. Um, are they still a very good team? Yes, they're still a very good team. They're still going to be competing for the division. He's not out for the year. He'll be back. Um, it could be. It always could be worse. But I just think like this is going to hurt. It, it's not not going to be something that I think, especially now with the game plan. You you lose him, and I'm sure they probably knew most of the week they weren't going to have him on Monday. They just kind of kept that close to their chest. But you're talking about a game plan with only a few days now to operate for Cleveland. You get the extra day because it's Monday night. But like. That's that's a tough time period to make a whole new game plan kind of without Jamar Chase. Now T. Higgins probably steps more into that role. Yeah. You're going to see more Tyler Boyd. You saw him a lot last week, maybe run the ball more with Joe Mixon. They're going to be relying on that defense as well. So it'll be an interesting dynamic to see. It's pre-Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow once again for at least a month. And we'll see how it goes from there. So now it's time to get into player shout-outs of the week from Week 7, one on offense. One on defense. We'll start with offense. Jay, who you got? Player shoutouts for the week. Um, man, oh man. Um, I'm gonna have you go first. I did not think about this. So that was kind of my bad. No, that's all good. But I'm gonna give it to Justin Fields. Um, I'm gonna know. give it to. I mean, I I would give it to the whole Bears team. I guess if I could on offense, because that's how impressed I was. Um, but uh, I'll give it to them because I think Justin Fields played really well. He only threw for like 100 and what, 50 yeah. yards. But he he ran the ball very well. They ran for 200 yards, led by him. Uh, so overall, he's going to be my offensive uh, shout-out of the week. I thought he did very well. Yeah. So. My offensive shot, oh, yeah, here we go, Kenneth Walker. Yes, sir. He, I mean, that guy, I mean, he has revolted that Seahawks offense. I mean, Geno mm-hmm. Smith's played really well, but since that guy's come in, they come in, I mean, that Seahawks offense has looked very, very good. Yep. And his speed and his shiftiness is just, you notice he's just a different type of running back. Mm-hmm. And they, they got to steal. I mean, the Seahawks, they got to steal in that, in that draft because he, he's, I think he's one of those running backs that he could be a, a problem in this league for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, Kenneth Walker, my offensive player of the week. What about your, what about your defensive player? I'm going to go with Sauce Gardner. Yeah, Jets. he had he's having a defensive rookie of the year type season um, targeted 10 times against the Broncos only allowed four catches 16 yards that's 1.6 yards per target for those doing math at home uh, he's been tremendous he's been on the number one guy almost all year he's been able to shut them down he's everything that they could envision from a number four overall corner which corners that high don't tend to work out exactly the way that you think they will and for Sauce Gardner, it certainly has, and he's a big reason why the Jets' defense is where they are and a big reason why the Jets are where they are. So, Sauce Gardner, defensive shout-out of the week. Um, for me, I mean, it's kind of biased, but Jaquan Brisker, mm-hmm. I mean, he, had, no. he played a hell of a game. I mean, he had that awesome interception mm-hmm. off of Mac Jones early in the first quarter. So, yeah, Jaquan Brisker, he's, he's an up-and-coming safety for this Bears team. I think it's going to be good for a long time, the safety out of Penn State, the rookie. So, yeah, he he played a hell of a game. He also had a sack. So yeah, I'm gonna give it to Jaquan Brisker. So yeah, there you all go. Right. All right, player shout out. So the week from week seven. Now it's time to get in to the pick'em where we've had a changing of the guard. I have finally taken the lead. Uh, <laughs> I was perfect oh, last week in straight up picks. I got them all right. I got two out of the three right, and will they cover? But both of our upsets did not hit. The Falcons did not come through for me, even in the slightest. Um, but. Nonetheless, I am up 31-29, to 29, so still anybody's game. Half the year to go. So we'll go right into will they cover. 
Obviously, three highest point spreads with just one simple question. Do the underdogs cover this spread? And, Jay, we're starting with the Bears again. They're on on this thing about three times in a row on the road at Dallas. 10-point underdog. I mean, you go into New England and blow out a team. I don't care. I mean, the Wingles aren't a very good team, but it's still a Belichick coach team at home. I mean, Dallas. Dallas is a very good D. Has a very good defense. Michael Parsons is a problem. I, ten points is a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Dallas wins, but I do like the Bears to cover the ten points. So, all right, yeah. yeah. Um, I the question really for me comes down to what I just asked: Can the Bears do it again? Like, well, I don't think they're going to. Can they win, show? Well, I'm not so. saying win, but yeah. like, can they at least show life on offense again? Can they? run the same style of offense again. Mm-hmm. Can they do make Justin Fields do all that again? And I don't know what the answer to that question is. I'm going to go with no. Uh, I just don't think they're going to cover this game. I like Dallas. I think Dallas's defense is really good. Yeah. I mean, it might be the best in the league to this point. Um, they've got their issues on offense with Dak coming back. That that just they got some kinks to work out. But um, I don't know. At home in Dallas, I'll take Dallas by that 10 margin. Don't really know why either, but I'm just going to do it. All right, next one. These next two are the exact same point spread, at least as of today. Pittsburgh on the road at Philadelphia, undefeated Philadelphia. Ten and a half point underdogs. The Steelers, do they cover? It's so weird because the Steelers played Buffalo like a month ago, and they got destroyed, and I picked the Steelers. To take, I took the points. But they just, but they just covered last Sunday against mm-hmm. the Dolphins. So, They're a pesky team, man. I mean, ten and a half—that's a lot of points. Um, Philly's a very good football team. I do, I do think Pittsburgh can cover the ten and a half. So yeah, I'm gonna roll with them. I know it's kind of it's it's boring, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna take Pittsburgh. So, yeah. I mean, it a Mike Tomlin coach team is always going to be yeah. in it. Like he's going to find a way to yeah. keep his team in the game. It just didn't work out. I mean, last week they had multiple drives get inside the red zone to try to that would have probably won that game. Mm-hmm. And Kenny Pickett threw two interceptions that were just inexcusable. But I'm gonna go with Philly on this one. They're at home. They're coming off a of bye week. Um, I think they're gonna be well rested. Uh, they're the better team, and I, I think they're just I think they're gonna handle Pittsburgh pretty easily. It seems like a two touchdown type win for the Eagles, and I think they stay undefeated. All right, last one. I'm I'm surprised this is on here, but at the same time, I'm not. Uh, what some may consider the game of the week. This is the Sunday night game this week. Green Bay at Buffalo. Green Bay is ten and a half point underdogs. I don't know the last time I've seen Green Bay and double digit underdog in the same. Yeah, season. they're not playing very good football right now. I mean, you lose to the Commanders. I mean, the Commanders aren't a very good football team, and Aaron Rodgers. I think he misses Devontae Adams. I mean, I just think. They're missing that star piece on the offense, and their defense. Their defense is pretty solid, but they can't get off the field at crucial times. Like last week, you mm-hmm. saw Terry McLaurin on fourth down, make, or on third down, make that huge catch that end basically mm-hmm. ended the game yep. for a Commanders win. So, I like. I think Green Bay can get a backdoor cover here. Buffalo's very good, but I mean Green Bay. They still got Rodgers. I think they eventually have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna take Green Bay plus the ten and a half. Uh, I'm actually going to agree with you. I usually take one every week that's going to cover. I think Green Bay keeps it close. I, I, I don't even know why. Buffalo is playing so well, and even at home, they're playing even better. So this is, I mean, it's a bad matchup. Buffalo's yeah. going to win this game for sure. I feel very confident saying that. But Green Bay's going to hang around. I, I like their defense. You're right. They don't get off the field on third down. But, you know, I think they can take the ball away. I think they can play well enough mm-hmm. to keep 
Buffalo kind of at bay. Buffalo's also coming off a bye. So I think they I think it may have the opposite effect that it has on Philly. Um I don't know why. I'll just give uh which I think I've said now three times for all three of these games, but that's basically what it comes down to. I just I'll take them to cover. Again, ten and a half's a big number. So we'll go with that. Time to go into straight up picks for the week. I'm on a winning streak, hot streak here for straight up games. But let's start once again with the Lions. Oh, they're at home. Sorry. At home against the Dolphins. Where are you at? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go with the Dolphins here. Um, I mean I think getting Tua back helps them, even though they didn't look great on offense against the Steelers. But when Tua's in the game, they're a very good team. Um, you know, and that's just the Lions. They're just no disrespect, but they're just not a very good team. So I will take the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins did not impress me at all last week. Uh, Tua was. Practically begging to throw an interception. Yeah. He just kept throwing just wobblers over the middle of the field. And, I mean, it worked out. They got the win. Their defense played very, very well. Um, so I think I'm not sold on this Dolphins team. I'm not, but they're better than the Lions. And I will take them to beat the Lions on the road. I think they'll do enough. Get the ball in Tyree Kill's hands, run the ball, just keep it simple. They'll get the win. All right, next one. Still in the 1 o'clock window. The Raiders and the Saints in New Orleans. Interesting game. Two yeah, underperforming teams. Yeah, two underperforming teams. Uh, Jameis is not playing this game, correct? I don't believe so. Let me look. Let me tr- let me look that up. Let me fact check real quick. Yeah, I mean, two underperforming teams. I mean, the, the Raiders are kind of starting to maybe find their groove after that win last week. But yes, Andy Dalton is the quarterback. I'm probably gonna stick with the Raiders here. If if Jameis played, I I probably take the Saints, but. I mean, going to the Superdome is tough, but I think the Raiders can maybe start to get on a little bit of a win streak here. I mean, last week they got the win, so I got the Raiders. You got the Saints, I see. Yeah, I'm going with the Saints. Um, I At home, again, I just I like them there in that building, but also the Raiders are just, they give me pause. I just, I don't even know what to make of them because they I mean, they beat up on the Texans last week, but that was, I guess, to be expected. Josh Jacobs ran for three touchdowns. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed me in fantasy, by the way. But 33 on me. He's in a contract year. Um, He's yeah. been one of the best backs so, in the league. Yeah, we were talking at the start like, like the start of the year. He played in the Hall of Fame game, and I was like, is this dude going to make the team? And now he's out here. He's yeah. one of the best backs so in the league. They didn't pick right up now. his options, yeah. so give him some motivation. He's so, awesome. But I'm going to roll with the Saints. I like their defense. I think they're just going to give the Raiders enough problems that I think they're going to come out with a win. But it all comes down to the play of Andy Dalton. That's why they lost last week. He threw those two pick sixes uh, to end the first half that were just miserable. And now, you know, I, I just think he's going to play better. I think the Saints will bounce back, get the victory at home over the Raiders. Now we move on to the NFC South first place game. We touched on this at the top. Game. I can't. I actually don't know how this ended up on the pick'em this week, but I thought it was one of the best games of the week. There aren't some. There's some ones that kind of look like duds. Hey, if um, it's a battle for first place, but it's, a battle it's for a first game. place, exactly. Panthers at the Falcons in Atlanta. Um, I got, got the Falcons. I, like PJ Walker. Look, I mean, like he's he, he, had, a, he had a good game against the Bucks, but. He's PJ. He's PJ Walker. So, I got the Falcons. I, I just think they're the better team. I mean, these, both these teams aren't very good, but Mariota's actually have not looked terrible this year. Mm-hmm. He's looked serviceable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Falcons. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Falcons as well. Uh, at home again in the in the dome, uh, they got embarrassed last week. I mean, that was that yeah. was a bad performance. Uh, they they let Joe Burrow. 
do whatever he wanted with that defense. And it was it was just poor all around. But I think the Falcons' identity is running the football. I think they know that. Um, Marcus Mariota is not a guy that's going to beat you with his arm. He's just not. They don't. I mean, they. I would say they have the weapons, but they don't use them nearly enough. I mean, Drake London was a no-show last week. Kyle Pitts still just doesn't do anything. I think that's partially yeah. though to Mariota. He doesn't really throw him <laughs> the ball. But like Kyle Pitts, man, what a Kyle disappointment that's been. That's um, but I, I like the Falcons. I think they'll run the ball enough. I, the Panthers are not a good team. Like, don't let last week trick you into into no. thinking anything. The Panthers are not good. They're clearly not really trying to win. It's just that was a game last week that. They had no choice. The the Buccaneers just basically handed it to them. Yeah. So um, I'll take the Falcons at home to win that one and to move into first place in the NFC South. All right, another divisional game. We touched on it in talking points, but we're back at it. The Patriots at the Jets. I'm not picking against the Jets anymore. I'm taking I'm taking the Jets because, I mean, they're a wagon. Their defense is very good. Like you said, Sauce Gardner is one of the best corners in football right now, and their front is very good. Um. Yeah, I mean, I just think they're the better team. And the Patriots, I mean, you could say whatever you want about Bill Belichick exposing Zach Wilson, but they're going to run the football. They just got James Robinson mm-hmm. from the Jaguars, yeah. so I'm going to take the Jets. Yeah, the, the the tough injury there to Brees Hall. He tore his ACL, yeah. and now he's going to be out for the year. He was having a great rookie. I mean, he was neck and neck with Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Walker's probably going to run away with the offensive rookie yeah. of the year award now. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm taking the Jets as well. I Even though this game has been... A nightmare for the Jets in the past. Like, I don't remember the last time they beat the Patriots. It's been a long time. Not, not th- this year. It's, it's, it's over. Like, the Jets so. are the Jets are competent. They have really good coaching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good. I, defense. I agree with you. I mean, I'm taking the Jets to beat the Patriots this week. I I think they're just the better team, and I think it's going to show. And I, you know, I we could look like idiots next week because again, the Patriots own the Jets, and we know this. <laughs> yeah. Belichick owns the Jets. But who knows in the end? In the NFL, I just I have a feeling. Gonna, I'm probably like, going to go under 500 again. This so. is probably where it ends, and you yeah. know the Patriots are kind of sliding back to mediocrity. So I'll go with that. Uh, so we both agree there on the Jets. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into the four o'clock window, and this is insane. This I know is America's game of the week on Fox. I'm pretty sure. Or again, Burkhardt and uh, Greg Olson. I'm pretty this game. sure. Who'd have thought this would be? They're than sending the like game of the week Fox is sending the, the A crew to this out. game. The Giants at the Seahawks. Two two teams that I thought were easily last place football teams. Giants are six and one right now, doing incredible. If the Eagles weren't undefeated, they'd be winning that division. And then you have the Seahawks, who are leading the NFC West at four and three, and one everyone thought best division in. Yeah. Football, no chance the Seahawks would be in first through seven weeks. But yeah. here they are, Giants, Seahawks. I'm also not picking against another New York team. I'm taking the Giants because, I mean, I'm, I'm riding the hot hand. They're, they're running the football really well, and their defense is much improved. Um, I just think, I mean, the Seahawks are a good story. I mean, Geno Smith, what a story he's been. And Kenneth Walker, he'll have another, I think he'll have another good game. I, just, I, th- I think the Giants are just a better team. So what about you? It's tough because six and one's one of those records. They've won four games in a row, I think. Three? No, they were two and oh, and then they were two and they won four games in a row. So I don't eventually they're gonna lose. And I just feel like a letdown game's coming, but then I could say the same thing about Seattle. Like it's one of those you have two teams that are overachieving so well, like one of them's gonna just fall apart here. I'm gonna go with the twelfth man. I'm going to you know take. No one's going to be Seahawks rocking. Home. You, at, yeah, exactly. The 12th man. They've been waiting for this all season, like a big game with a winning team coming into their building with a chance to even further their grip on the division lead, especially with the 
the 49ers and the Rams playing each other, which we're going to get to that game in a second. But I, I don't know. I'm just going to take the crowd, the atmosphere. I think Daniel Jones will make a mistake or two. Seahawks will take advantage. MVP Geno Smith. I, yeah. I want to, it's time to start a narrative. It's <laughs> we're 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 at that point now. I'll go with the Seahawks at home just because why not? This game's so fun. But yeah. all right. Next one, possibly the game of the week, besides the one we just talked about. The 49ers at the Rams. Um, I'll take the 49ers. The Rams offensive line's still a mess. I mean, I think they're coming off a bye, right? The Rams are coming off a bye. Rams are coming off a bye, okay. yes. Um I'll stick with the 49ers. I just, you know, <sighs> Like I know, I know it's tough to beat your opponent or beat your NFC or your I can't talk right now division opponent twice, but uh-huh. I will take the 49ers. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey can make a, an impact in the second game as a 49er. So Jimmy G, if he doesn't make the mistakes like he kind of usually does, I will take the 49ers. Yeah, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with the Rams. I don't again. I really don't know why. I'm just going to do it because coming off a bye, I think, is going to be crucial for them. I think they needed a week of rest just to kind of reset. Um, obviously, they're they're in whatever's going on with Cam Akers. They're trying to trade him. Yeah. But, I mean, the Rams never ran the ball anyway, so let's not act like that's much of a surprise. But if, and as we just talked about with the Patriots and the Jets, like, the 49ers own the Los Angeles Rams. Like, plain and simple, they do. Except for the NFC Championship game last year, <laughs> which you could argue San Francisco probably should have won. Like, they own the Rams. They beaten them in the regular season, I believe, like six or seven consecutive times. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it ends. Uh, I like the Rams on defense. You know, Aaron Donald's still the best defensive player in the league. Matthew Stafford's going to make plays. Cooper Cup running all over the place as well. I just I, coming off a bye, I think Sean McVay is going to come up with something and they're going to get a win. And now finally, the Monday night football game. Since Sunday night game was in, will they cover? We're not doing that one. But <laughs> Bengals at the Browns on Halloween. The two teams that embrace orange the most should be should be a good one. You know, first energy stadium is going to be rocking. Um, you can count on that. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I got to go with the Bengals. I, I I've been picking I've been picking against the Browns and it's kind of been working. I'm really sorry, just because like they're just the Browns are just it's not, been working. It's just not very good. I they're not. I'll take the better they're team, not. but who knows? Missing Jamar Chase really hurts, but I just think the Bengals are a better team. Um, I know it's a boring take to say, but I mean, I mean Joe Burrow's going to do what he does best, and that defense is still pretty solid. And yeah, I mean Jacoby Brissett on the other side. I mean, I don't know. I'll, I, I got the Bengals. So where have we heard it before? The Browns are bad. Like they're they're bad. Like I'm not I'm not going to sit up yeah. here and like pretend that they're anything that they're not. They're bad. But also like there are so many factors playing into why they're bad right now that. It's hard to idea a lot of people coming after the coaching staff right now, which I just some of the coaching staff, like sure, but like in terms of the overall coaching staff, I don't think that's the main issue here. Like they don't have their quarterback right now. We all know this. They don't. Four more games that they have to play with Jacoby Brissett as QB one. I I don't even know what to think. I they're bad. Like I've said <laughs> that they they can't do anything right. They haven't won a close game all year since week one. They can't figure out how to do it. And I, I'm taking them though because that's this is what I do and this is the life that I live. <laughs> but I'll take them to beat the Bengals. But I think the Jamar Chase thing does matter. I'll it get does. some real analysis it here. Definitely but does. It does matter. Um, we'll see if the Browns can get Denzel Ward back. He's been in concussion protocol now for over two weeks. That's starting to get a little bit concerning. But if they can get him back, that would be another shift where 
you know, you have Denzel Ward and they don't have Jamar Chase. I just, I feel like they're going to run the ball. I think they're going to commit to it this week. I really do. I think Nick Chubb's going to run it over 20 times. Uh, he's been the best back in the league this year. I just think, I think they're just going to run the ball. They're going to keep it out of Joe Burrow's hands. And again, we've talked about this. It's the week for this. The Browns own the Cincinnati Bengals and they have for the past few years. Joe, Joe Burrow has never beaten That's the Browns right. in his career. Um, this one's in Cleveland, as you said, Jay. The only thing that you can count on is that First Energy Stadium is going to be rocking for that Halloween game. night. They are going to be will. packed, and yes. I know that's where I'll be spending my Halloween. But um, I, I, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the Browns because, again, this is what I do, and this is the life that I choose to live. So a lot of disagreements there in the back half. So someone's going to really take control of the pickup this week. That's yeah. for sure. That'll be interesting. Um, but time for upset specials. I am in the lead, so that means I get to go first. Um, Again, these upsets can come from any game as long as it's not part of the will they cover because we're already picking those games against the spread. Um, let me see. Let me take a look at what we got here. Wow, the Seahawks are favorites. I didn't actually know that. I did, I yeah, I did see that. They're I'm looking at my – I'm yeah. not going to say it on uh, no free ads, but I'm looking at yeah. something called that starts with a D and a K. Um, yeah. I mean – you know what? I'm doubling down. I'm taking the Browns. Give them to me. I, I it's not probably going to work out, but I have to have a little bit of faith. I don't think I've doubled down on them once this season. Um, but at home on Monday night, I like their odds plus three and a half. If they lose by a field goal, I can still get a point. So I'll take the Browns as my upset. I don't know. I for- completely forgot this game, and it's on the late late slate. The mm-hmm. Commanders at the Colts. I'm going with the Washington Commanders because they are starting. We're back. Sam Ellinger or Ellinger is the Colts quarterback yeah. this week. Yeah, I we totally forgot to hit on those in the talking points. I forgot about that with Matt Ryan getting benched. You just, we'll, we'll probably I don't know how that happened. I'll, but. I'll try to make sure we can get probably more into it next week and we can discuss our thoughts after we see Ellinger play. Um but Taylor Heineke against Sam Ellinger. Uh that, yeah. I, I got I got the get. commanders. I, the Colts just aren't a very good mm-hmm. football team and you know, hey, mm-hmm. I mean they beat the Packers and the Packers aren't they're kind of, they've kind of regressed, but I mean they're still respectable. So, Commanders, I mean I don't think they're making the playoffs, but mm-hmm. I I got them plus the three. I think that's a I think that's a one that I found pretty good there. So, yeah. All right. Well, upset specials. I'm taking the Browns plus three and a half. Uh, Jay has the Commanders plus three. That's going to do it for the pick'em this week, and that's going to do it once again on the pile on this week. Thank you all for listening. If you've made it this far, you can. Listen to all of our previous episodes or stuff from last year, even to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Pylon on Impact 89FM. Once again, thank you all for listening. As for my co-host, Jada Coster, and of course, myself, Michael Markoch. We'll see you guys next week on The Pylon. Hope you all have a great day.